Every week, we chat to ex-players, supporters, and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Hello again, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks, honey. You're very well. Good, you? good. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Let's touch on management because uh, that's been a big part of your career. Although, to be honest, I could chat to you all day about your football career at Whitstable and Herne Bay and Rising Sun and look at all the things you've won. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Really good. Anyway, management. So when was the very first inkling that you got that you wanted to go into management? Oh, very early, mate. I was. I knew when I was playing, I wanted to manage. I could have told you that in the early days at Whitstable um, and at Herne Bay, I definitely always felt like I wanted to do management. It, yeah, it's definitely something in me that I like to feel like I'm a good leader of people. But um, there's a lot of people out about. But it's different being a captain and being a manager. But I always wanted to do it very early. I think maybe because I knew my career wouldn't last very long. That maybe a bit a factor in it with my knee the way it was, and I wanted to stay involved in the game. Yeah, I, I knew, I, I could have told you at, at a young age that I wanted to get into management. And um, how did the first chance came along, or opportunity, or or did you get rejected for the first interview you had? I did, um, my first applying was for the Whitstable Town job, actually. Didn't get it. Who was chairman at the time? May have been Gary Johnson. Justin Lutch, we got the job. I applied for it when Justin Lutch got it. Yeah, so I didn't get it. Disappointed, but I was only 28 at the time, so fully understandable. And then, funny enough, Justin was shrugging slightly, I think, at the beginning. And I got a call from him to go and help out. And I come down and got in a bit of involved with a bit of coaching with Justin. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, that, that was my first probably taste of it. I won a couple of training sessions with the boys. I loved it, mate. You know, I wanted to be the manager, though, in terms of, you know, I don't really feel like I'm a good number two or a coach. I, I wanted to be yeah. in charge. It was still great. I enjoyed it. When the season finished... I didn't carry on the year after. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be like number two. And I felt like, you know, I couldn't, wasn't getting, he wasn't getting much out of me and I wasn't helping him. So at that point, I decided to not carry on. It, it was great, though. And he's a good bloke, Justin. He's had a bit of bad press over the years. For me, he was a brilliant manager and a real good bloke. I, yeah, me as well. I like I like Justin. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's, I, honestly, I really, really got on with him. He was a good, good lad. I speak to him every now and then still and his brother. But he gave me the first opportunity and I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was, what was that? When was Justin manager? For a while ago now. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't return for the following season. And then I got, um, <coughs> I went, Simon Housie was manager at Home Bay. Um, and then my first real job was the Home Bay Reserves. And how successful was that? Good. Yeah, we've done well. Got to, we do, I can't remember we won now. See, my memory's terrible time. Got to a final, we lost, which I wasn't happy with. But yeah, I loved it, mate. It was really good. It was a great little opportunity for me. Good stepping stone. Done that for about a season, I think. And again, you find out so many things about yourself. Yes. Listen, I, I was, like I say, probably the biggest idiot in the dressing room, to be honest, when I was playing. And you have to change almost instantly. You know, I grew up a lot, almost overnight when I took my manager's role. <clears throat> and bear in mind, a lot of the players playing for me, even at that time in the reserves, I knew where I were mates. Yes. It, it was difficult. It was difficult because I didn't want to be their mate anymore. I did that when I wasn't a football, but, you know, I had to be serious. And that was probably one of the hardest challenges I had. But I loved it. Yeah, I loved it, and, and we done well. And then off the back of that, I obviously got the Herne Bay first team job. Like, I think I was, I think I was twenty nine when I got that. I wasn't even thirty, so very, yeah, very young. And you were nearly four years there as manager, weren't you? Yeah, four years. Again, I, I loved my time there. I didn't really want to go at the time, but 
I just felt I took the team as far as I could. We were, you know, we almost snuck in the playoffs. We didn't have an amazing budget, and, and I had just lads running through it all to me, to be honest. Real good, honest lads that, you know, were, again, a lot of pals of mine. We attracted great players like uh, Lovell, what a bloke he is, uh, you know, Danny Walder, and Johnson, had Hasler. We had a good teammate, mm-hmm. team with the Nathans and the Delos, you know, you know, like I say, pals of mine. And we nearly snuck in the playoffs. We, we had, a, had a fantastic four years. They loved it. And a few things happened with, with money and it was getting harder and harder and harder and I was getting players, mates, playing for next to nothing. I just felt like I'd taken the team at that time as far as I could, you know, with, with kind of limited resource. I just needed a bit of a break from it. Because management, as I'm sure you know, you're close to managers and you're close to seekers. It is, it's a thankless task to be mate, at times. You know, you're there to be shot at all the time. All the time. No matter what, what you're doing, there's always someone having a dig at you, you know. And I, I don't go on social media. I never, I never write anything about myself. I never... Retweet the word they always. I never done anything like that. Not interested because for every something, for every good thing someone said about me, there was five people who wanted to say something bad. So you just have to ignore it all and, and try and get on. And that's and that's what I've done. Actually, that brings me back to the comment you made about uh, Justin Lutchford. That's a case in point. There's been quite a few managers that haven't deserved the press that they got, and for whatever reason, that tips people's uh, tips people against them. But you know, it's just. I suppose it comes with a job, as you say. You're there to be shot at. That's probably a good analogy. So how did yeah. you then move on from Herne Bay to Hive? Yeah, well, again, I um, signed at Herne Bay. I wanted to get back involved. At that time, I left Herne Bay. Like, so I left because I felt I'd, I'd done as much as I could. But I wanted to be in um, you know, At the time, Cookie was obviously there. I don't the results hadn't gone great at the time. You know, Again, a lot was said about that. I, I never come out and say anything but, because you end up having a row with people. But... Yeah, whatever happened, happened. I had a conversation with Hive, um, went over and met Paul uh, and the other the other guys on the committee. It went really well, mate. You know, good good chats, good vibes. Said what you know, what I wanted to do, what, what my ambition was in terms of football and, and how can we move the club forward. And ended up getting the job. Yeah, I think it was it was around Christmas time. I got the call from Paul, unexpected at the time, saying that um, I was going to let uh, Cookie go. And would I be interested in the job? And uh, obviously I was. So yeah, that's how it happened. It was hard, mate, that. Do you know what? That, I could honestly say, looking back now, that is the, one of the hardest things I've ever done in, in sport when I took that hard job. In term, I wanted the job, but in terms of when Cookie got the sack, and I hate using that word, when I let Cookie go, sorry, um, and I got the call, unexpected at the time, obviously jumped at the chance, but driving to that first session, Gavin, I've never been so nervous because there was a lot of uproar that, Cookie, that they'd let Cookie go. No one agreed with it. Again, social media had gone mad. Everyone was quite a lot of anger towards me, and I didn't make the decision. You know, I was just the one stepping into the chair. Sure. I was so nervous, mate, driving down there. You know, I'd heard players were leaving. They weren't happy. They didn't know me. Yeah, that was um, that was hard. But it was fine. You know, I got in the change room, had a good chat with all the boys, told them what I'm about, told them what I wanted to achieve, how things were going to run. It was fine. We had a good chat. We had a drink together. And then we went on that amazing run, mate. It couldn't have gone any better. Obviously, it was heartbreak that firm after that last game of the season. Uh, again, that was the hardest, probably not of my life driving down there, but that was probably the best few months of management I've had. Do you know, uh, that that comment just then says a lot about you, Sam. Well done. That's really good. Now then, I want to talk about your cricket as well, but um, obviously your management career at Hive did stop. What happened there? What, what You know, when you finished there? Yeah, again, that's a good question. Do you know what, mate? A, a lot happened that year when we missed out on playoffs by 
the last kick of the game. And then I lost a few players that season. RJ and a few others that went. The year after, I've signed some good players. Didn't quite feel as I'd liked it. We just missed out on the playoffs. And then, and then the last year, yeah, mate, I, do you know what? I don't know, to be honest. That's a good question, Tony. I scratched my head at times. I signed good players. It, we, for some reason, it wasn't working. And I had a lot going on at the time as well. An awful lot going on. I, I was thinking about, even in pre-season, I had things that outside of football, and personal life, that was... Um, it was effect to me. I would like to think it wasn't. I was thinking already of potentially not doing it. I had a conversation with Gavin and my old man, but I stuck at it. Uh, and yeah, so maybe partly my fault, mate. Like I said, I, I felt like I was committed to it, but my, we was losing games and I just felt like, like, like I say, it was time for me to go. And a shame, really, because like I said, I loved it down high. Real good people again. A bit like Whistle, the club, and, and Hermbay. Really good people. Great committee. Great fans. Again, they all took to me so well. I, literally, I loved my time there. And it didn't finish how I'd like to, to, to have done. But ultimately, mate, we was losing games and we was losing them convincingly. We was poor. You know, for some reason it didn't click. We was working on things, training. But, yeah, it wasn't happening. So it was the right, it was the right call. And, and, and they're doing well now. So, you know, I've got no qualms with that. That's good. But, um, you know, so your CV, as far as football is concerned, stands up well against any, anybody in uh, local football. In, indeed, in non-league football. I mean, you've gone from uh, youth football through to, you know, working with decent clubs. You've become a manager. You've had a couple of good uh, good spells as a manager, eight, eight years altogether as a manager. So you've got a lot of experience. And now, yeah, and now you're almost going full circle. You're going back to cricket. I have, yeah, I have gone full circle, mate. Um, back in cricket, yeah. I was still captain, cricket manager. I've got, I've got all the bowls now and, um, and I'm loving it, mate, to be honest. Uh, I'm loving it, yeah. What, uh, what, what was behind the decision? Because... Uh, you know, I always had you down as a football man. Obviously, your brother's cricket through and through. Before we touch on anything else, I just want to ask you something. When I watch your brother play on the telly, obviously, I've, never, I've actually been to a Kent game, but that was a few years ago. Let's, let's focus on, say, the Ashes. How do you, as a family member, how do you manage to watch him? Horrendous, man. Oh. I am horrendous. But I, I, I honestly say... When he, if when he stops playing for England, I know he's in that test team now. If he doesn't play for England again, which hopefully he will, I'm gutted for him. He wants to play as long as he can, but I do not enjoy it one bit. I'm the um, and he makes me laugh to be honest because me and my dad, even we, he's so relaxed, Joe. But I feel sick, mate. You know, I'm pacing up and down. It is so proud to see him do what he's doing, represent his country. He's done so well, but it's a horrendous experience, mate. Don't enjoy it at all. So nervous, just anxious. Yeah, it's really weird. I was up, I went to watch the Ashes, actually, at Edgbaston, the first test. I went. I was in the box up there. Obviously, Joe gets tickets. It was amazing, mate. Almost, almost pretty out of tear me when he walked out of bat. I can't explain it. When his name was around the ground, Joe Denley, and everyone's going mad, full house. It was hairs on the back of the neck. Emotional, to be honest. But... And then, uh, but I didn't enjoy the batting. It's just, yeah, feel sick, horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm only a supporter. I mean, I know him from the club. I know him from you as a family and everything. But I had to keep going and making a cup of tea. I was I was walking up and down, and oh, it's just horrible, isn't it? Yeah, you can't relax, mate. It's weird, isn't it? It's a shame and all because I always say I really want to enjoy it because it it come and go. Things in life just come and go, and you know you'll be looking back in ten years' time. And you want to try and enjoy the moment when he's there doing it, but it's just so you can't, you can't relax, mate. And when he's got fifty, maybe I can chill out a little bit. He's done all right then, but yeah, it's it's a weird experience. Yeah, really, really hard. A lot of people are the same, mate. Like say yourself, people down at cricket club, everyone I know, they all kind of say the same. Really oh. hard to watch. 
Very hard to watch, very hard to watch. Anyway, back to you and uh, your resurgence at uh, cricket. So what, what role are you actually taking on? I know you're on the committee, you're captain, uh, you're club captain, I presume, as well. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're effectively steering the club. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm the cricket manager coming into, into cricket about 15 years ago, so I'm cricket manager, club captain, I'm on the committee. So, yeah, you know, I'm making all the... All the decisions from a from a playing perspective. I'm on the committee as well, which is sorting everything else out behind the scenes, the same as the football club. You know, running the financial side of things, so steering that as well. But yeah, I'm doing a lot at the moment. I'm I'm trying to get. I've had meetings with, with people actually, some very good coaches that I want to try and join next year in a cricketing managing um, role. So it takes a bit off me, and and who I'm speaking with is a fantastic coach. So I'm I'm trying to get rid of a few responsibilities. So I could just focus on being captain and and steering the team back to where it should be. Because um, over the last few years, and I haven't really been involved in cricket because of my football, the clubs, the clubs struggled, mate, yeah. Um, they dropped like a stone through the leagues, and, and now my focus is to try and get them back to where I feel they should be. What, what division are you in now? Uh, we are in Division 3. All right. Yeah, I mean, mate, crazy, really. I mean, listen, the team we've got now, I've, been, I've, I've gone into it full on, and the team, I've, we've got some players back at the club. We're a very good side now. We're not a Division 3 team. Um, unfortunately, that's where they are. They've been relegated, I think, last three years in a row. So, like I've been saying to everyone, my, my main goal now is to get us back to Division 1 quick as I can in the next three years, I hope. I think we should be going bang, bang, getting up to Division 1 and, and ultimately I want to see us back in the Premier League. That's, that's my goal anyway. That would be brilliant. You can answer a question for me then that's been bugging me for a number of years. Let's yeah. go back 10 or 15 years ago and every summer you always used to have an overseas player turn up. How did the club yeah. afford it? I mean, you don't take any money on the gate. How, no. how, how, did you, how did it work? Yeah, we, I mean, we have one this year, but obviously because of COVID, he, he hasn't come over. But um, we have one every year still. Yeah, we still have one overseas every year. We have one this year all lined up, but obviously got cancelled because of the current climate we find ourselves living in. But um, yeah, mate, to be honest, a number of ways we do it. We take a lot of money beyond the bar functions. That, that, that's a great source of revenue for the club. Our youth is... is Although there's two separate entities almost, they have own bank accounts. The youth is fantastic at Whitstable and then generates a lot of income. And obviously that helps and goes towards funding for the club, sometimes overseas. But the main, the main, the main income we get over there is, is, is the bar, to be honest, mate. Yeah. That takes a lot of money. We have functions almost every weekend. We've done a really good deal with the bar actually and hiring it out. And, and, that's, and that's where we get most of our money from. Well, and the nice thing about it as well is that um, whereas in football you've got it condensed into a couple of hours... Your, your game is virtually over six or eight hours. People are more relaxed. They drink differently. They behave differently. It's more of a, more of a family event, isn't it? It is, mate, yeah. And it's different, it's different things with cricket and football. I mean, obviously, football, you've got the budgets. The play, all the pay, players get paid. Uh, you don't really have that in cricket. No one gets paid at Whistleball. And, and generally, no one gets paid in cricket. Obviously, the higher up you go in the Prem, and some players will get a bit of money. But generally, not the players don't get paid. So the only real thing you've got to pay for is you're overseas. Obviously, you've got the, the reign of the club, obviously. But in terms, of, there's no budgets for players every week. So there's a lot of money saved there. And our club's really well run, mate. And I'd say a lot of good people do a lot of things in the background. The bar's always open. There's always people volunteering to do stuff. So the actual cost of running the club, we try and keep to a minimum. Have you um, had a relationship with our new chairman, Steve Clayton? Have you met him yet? Yeah, yeah, I met Steve. I know Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've said yeah, we spoke briefly. Yeah, yeah. Again, like I say, they're doing a fantastic job over there now, aren't they? Which is good to see. But yeah, I've met Steve, mate, a number of times. 
Well, I think both for both of you, um, you've just taken over. He's only just sort of got his feet under the table as well. Give it a couple of more months and the two of you sit down and have a, a chat, a general chat to see how both clubs can work together because there must be some fundraising events that we could work with that would benefit each of us. Yeah, mate, uh, well, definitely. That's something I've been saying for years, you know, I'm sure you're the same, that we're next door to each other. There certainly should be things we can do with each other to try to fundraising and, and get the clubs working together. There certainly should be a lot of opportunities for that moving forward. I'm certainly interested. I know the club, Cricket Club are, and I know you guys will be as well. So, yeah, certainly a conversation, I think, worth having, mate. I think that's a great idea. I know that many years ago, when I had a couple of years in the chair, which I really enjoyed, um, there was a discussion about um, helping you out as far as parking was concerned, because I don't know if you're aware of it, but we, we were in discussions with the council, and the plan was coming in off Grims Hill Road, so where the, the dike is, the yeah. water board were going to concrete that all over. They were going to make it like, you know, the, the other part of stream where you can walk on, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. No, there's no river or no stream there. Then the rest, yeah, there's one piece of, um, you know, like with the dike, they concreted yeah. over. And the plan was that as you come in the gate, there would be another gate for the cricket club and you would follow the path of the dike round to the back of your club. Okay. And yeah. Also, you know where you go past your clubhouse and you're going towards your, your gate up in the corner. There's a, an area of ground there which is behind your fence, they were talking yeah. about that being becoming part of the, the parking as well. Um, okay. And I was all up for that, but it never happened. Did not know. Well, I'd have been up for that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause, land, yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, because at one time, from both our points of view, I mean, it was awkward for you with people, cars coming in. People would yeah. come down and they block the entranceway. And we were always explain, trying to explain to people in the nicest possible way if there's an injury on the cricket field or the football field and an ambulance needs to get through, this area yeah. has got to stay clear. Yeah. So that yeah. would have, you know, that would have solved that problem as well. But I mean, over the years, people now know it's not a problem. But that yeah. would have been great for the cricket club because it would have given you parking for, well, I don't think at the time they were talking about 60 or 70 cars, which would have been fantastic yeah. for you. It was what, and what we need. I mean, we have actually been using the football ground. They, they very kindly said we can use the car park if, if if needed, um, which is great. Um, but yeah, that would have been ideal, mate. I mean, like I say, it's wasted land behind there. But there's loads of things I'll, I'll, we've been speaking about at the club, but I think we should be looking to have, you know, a new sports bar put in and go upstairs and have a balcony. You could even have it in the middle overlooking both, you know, it could be both ways, football and cricket. For me, there's so much opportunity down there where it could be amazing. Um, but obviously, it all comes down to funding and there's a lot of work to be done. But for me, you know, the future, there should be, there's a lot of exciting things that could happen, a lot of projects place where they both come to almost become one, almost, if you like, and you've got a sports hub, you know, with maybe a gym and, and a balcony overlooking the football, the cricket. Well, yeah. you, should, def you should definitely sit down and talk to Steve in detail about this, because Steve's, Steve's vision, and it's, uh, he's already got to a planning stage, is that we have a, a G3 pitch there. Yeah, that's... That's the way it's going, mate. I don't blame him. That's, you definitely should. Revenue, I mean, it's just obviously getting the money, but the opportunity from that and the revenue it can create once you've got it is, is phenomenal. So, yeah, that surprised me. It's a great idea. Yeah. Well, you know, put that in your diary that um, once your cricket season effectively finishes and you've got yourself a little bit of time, grab hold of Steve and sit down and have a jaw for a couple of hours. I mean, he's a, a very, very amiable guy and he's... Uh, he's yeah, no, I would 
he's up he's up for all these you know any ideas that you've got that's going to benefit both of us and the community in general which is yeah. what he's all about as well um as you quite rightly say a sports hub which is is brilliant you know maybe yeah. get the council involved as well and see how both of us can move our facilities forward yeah no I, I, mate yeah i will do i will i will get it in the diary i'll speak to him. i've seen him all the time actually when i'm down there they're always down there working on the football ground yeah i'm down there most evenings now so i will i'll have a chat and see if we can get something in in the diary and have a and have a beer and have a chat about yeah plans, definitely that'd be great um just touch on one thing before you we go um yeah. what i'm probably going to do is i'm going to probably cut this into a couple of um a couple of sessions because we've been chatting for nearly an hour which is brilliant and i did yeah. I, I did think this is going to happen i just wanted to tweak your memory a little bit and let you pay tribute in your own way to the likes of bruce smith and joe and other people that have passed on that you've been involved with i'm so pleased you speak spoke about peter earlier on and the guy that got you involved when you were in the under, under 16s and under 18s. Um, yeah, it's really nice to hear these names coming back. But yeah. Joe and, um, I mean, look at the work Bruce did down that ground. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Yeah, uh, Tony Pat. And then remember Tony Pat? Oh, Tony uh, Pat. Uh, mate, I've always been thankful for people like that. And that's what it's all about for me. You know, there's so many good people at the cricket club and the football club. And, and over the years that have done so much, Bruce. I mean, Bruce done an awful lot for me over the years. I used to go to his house all the time. He used to give me treatment any time of the week. It doesn't matter what time. I'd meet him down the ground. I'd go into his, like I say, into his house. You know, Joe's been down there doing so much over the years. So many good people in the cricket club to say, mate, that, that do so much. And I've got so much respect for. And that, and like I say, that's what it's about in life, really. You know, when you're, when you're involved in sport and involved in football clubs, cricket clubs, you meet an awful lot of good people that want to do a lot of, a lot of things for, for others and, 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 and those people we've just mentioned obviously are people that have done so much for me and so many others along the way and yeah you can never be thankful enough for all they do for you mate No, absolutely right and I've got to say Stan, Sam it's been a, a, a pleasure talking to you today and I knew that this chat would evolve you know it would obviously touch on your brother your dad all your family your involvement in Whitstable Herne Bay greater things cricket everything a couple of questions for you yeah. Who was the best player you ever played against? Against, not with, against. Because you were basically a midfielder, weren't you? Yeah, that's a good question, mate. That's a hard one to answer. I know I'm going to say, just because of his, and I'd look, again, a man I've got a lot of respect for, Mark Seegers would be up there. He was, um, when I was at Earn Bay, I had some amazing battles with Seegers. He was with to was Earn Bay, um, and he was a player. You know, I played against a lot of good players. He was a good player. So he had it all. Um, one of ours, obviously, with Dill. Um, and he's one of the best managers I've played for as well. Played for some good managers. I'm not going to name them all, but I've got so much respect for Seeks. So, um, and again, he's been club and he's been through quite a bit lately. He's, he's come through. He's fitting well now. Great, but um, Mark Seeks get the nod for me for that, mate. For his all-round game and, and a top, top bloke as well. Yeah, that's great. That's that's a really good compliment. Um, um, I'm also going to put you a little bit on the spot now. You're not in management now. So, yeah. you know, cards on the table, you can tell me, you know, you can say it as it is. Who was the best signing you ever made? Oh. All right. Give me a couple. Don't just... The best, best player I signed, actually, would be at Hive on loan, Darren Oldacre, with the different class. He was a joke. So much ability. DJ, yeah, from... He was, I think he might be back there now. He was a gymnast. He's one of the best players. But um, Sam Hasler was up there in terms of quality. Yeah. He was different class, Hasler. He um, had a few issues in terms of love, love the red card, but ability-wise, not not many better than him. In Lovell, I didn't go on, mate, really. I didn't one, didn't you? But I've signed a lot of great players. Hard to name one, to be honest. No, I, 
I thought you'd struggle. All right, and I'll turn it on its head and we'll finish up with a cricket one. Who is the best cricketer that you play with, apart from your brother and your dad? I'll let you off on those two. Um, Good question, mate, again. Don't forget, you can go back to your early Kent days, you know, when you were abroad. James Hewitt, James Hewitt would be up there. James Hewitt, he's down in Hampshire, I believe now, um, coaching. Is it Hampshire? Someone like that, but Hewitt, yeah. He he played at Kent with my brother. Um, and he captain Whitstable for a little while when I was maybe 18, playing another good bloke as well. Bat and, bat and bold, great fielder. Yeah, Huey. I'll give Huey the nod on that. All right, well, I'll give you Hugh the nod as one of the best guys that we've had at Whitstable Town. I've always enjoyed it when you was about. You're a committed, combative player, and that's putting it lightly. Mm. <laughs> you'd, run, <laughs> you, you'd run through players, brick walls, everything. No, it's always good to watch you play. And you had this weird knack of getting goals when we really needed goals when you was at Whitstable. You just seemed to come up with the goods. Yeah, I've got a couple of couple of handy goals, mate. Yeah, I, I remember a few. One against Dover, one against... When we were struggling, actually, to get relegated. I think I got... Did I get the winner there? Away? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I did, yeah. One. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I probably should have chipped in with a few more, mate, being, um, being honest. But, yeah, I always enjoyed to pop up with your goal now and then. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I've got you on YouTube somewhere, scoring a few as well, so... Uh... It's always been good to look back and see those. That's really good. Yeah, that's what it's all about. All right, then. Well, from me and everybody that's tuned into Belmont Banter, thank you very much, everyone. And I'd like to say to Sam, thanks very much for joining me today. You've been a star today, Sam. You've been uh, polite. You've been um, informative. And once I tweaked your memory, you've got everything going for you as far as your previous uh, playing career is concerned. And you've come out with some little gems. I've, I've loved this today. Really good. Cheers, Tom, mate. Been a pleasure. Always good you. to catch up. Thanks very much, Sam. Cheers. Cheers Join your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond.